Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a ten-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade. If you're into that, chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. Welcome to Riffin' with Raph and A.D., Coming to you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Now here's former Huskers, Chris Rapp and Aaron Davis. All right, everyone. We're back here Wednesday night. Lead guitar, Aaron Davis. Riffing with Rapp and AD. Quicks two hours of the week, in my opinion, and hopefully in yours. AD, 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 look at you. This guy's got moves for days. Just amazing. That's what he does. What he does. <laughs> kind of hurt. Kind of hurt. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out, Raph. I thought you were sore. Dude, I'm sore because you know what? At Ferrell's, I'm going to give him a shout out. Crystal Jar, at Ferrell's, Jeff Essink and those guys at FXB. And check out their show on Sunday mornings from 9 to 11, Fitness Fanatics. Fanatics. From 9 to 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. They beat me up, but I did leg day yesterday, and Crystal beat my tail. And I know Coach Samuel will be uh, appreciative of that, but they beat me up pretty bad. Coach Samuel, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I came in on the tail end. Who beat you up? Coach. Who beat you up? Who beat you up? (laughs) (laughs) Coach Tony Samuel, folks, we have Coach Tony Samuel on right now. In my opinion, he's not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Uh, One of the greatest coaches uh, to ever coach the game, Coach Defensive Ends Nebraska, uh, during our heydays in the 90s. Coach Samuel, how you doing tonight, brother? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're just down here in, in uh, Vegas enjoying the, the weather and watching a little basketball and going to see what you what you guys were up to. I'm curious <laughs> to, to listen to what we're going to be dealing with tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've heard good things about you guys. <laughs> Well, it is, it is AD, so you never know, you know, really where we're going to go. We always go in different directions and stuff like that. So, so whatever happens here tonight, just buckle up and we'll, we'll have a great time. Great time. There you go, Coach Samuel. It's me and Chris Raff and also Harrison uh, that are here tonight. And Thank Coach, you. yes, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Coach Samuel is in Vegas right now, is where he's living with his family. Coach, let me ask you this: first of all, growing up. Trinidad, Tobago. Okay, how did you get to stateside? Well, uh, when I was ten years old, 
you know, my mom decided she was she's a nurse, and so she she came from Trinidad the year before and became a nurse and got all her certification in America in New Jersey. And I'm the youngest, so the family all moved to Jersey City, New Jersey, when I was ten years old. So ten years old from Trinidad to New Jersey. So, first of all, temperature was a major difference. Weather. Well, it was the summertime, so we were good. I grew up literally a couple hundred yards from the ocean, and then we moved into Jersey City, which uh, where we lived, we, 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 we lived in an apartment on the third floor about four or five miles from the Hudson River and lower Manhattan. So when I looked out of our, my bedroom window when we finally first moved in there, I was looking at the Manhattan skyline for the next seven years before I went away to college. Oh, wow. <laughs> Coach, let me ask you this. I, I, I got to bring this in. Mike Fullman. You remember Mike Fullman? Mike Fullman, he wanted me to ask you. Roselle. Oh, yeah, Roselle. He wanted me to ask you, are you still doing your, uh, are you still on the bike doing your training? Um, well, I, you know, Mike knows because we both ride that bike. We do the road bike. I've got a little tendonitis in my ankle right now, and from that, I, I've got a little carried away. I keep forgetting my age. I did a little bit too much on the bike, but tell Mike I'll be back. Last year, I went 2,500 miles. I'm not going to be able to make my goal of 3,000 this year just because I've been sidelined for a little bit longer with this tendonitis, but I'll be back. All righty then. Holy cow. Coach, 25, okay, 2,500 miles for what, the year? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, you've got to do something when you retire. And uh, I've always been called a closet competitor, so I have to create ways to compete. I would would definitely be doing other stuff in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, let me ask you this. Ask you, Ralph, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, I was just – I do my investigations and stuff like that. But I noticed that you were um, in Tom Osborne's first recruiting class. So I was just curious how that went, being that he was a first-time head coach and, you know, how he was with your family, how he was with you, how how you came upon uh, Nebraska's radar. Well, um, my high school teammate, Larry Young, mm. was a top, top, uh, top, 50 running back in the country. He was a top, top prospect. We were high school teammates. And uh, Larry was getting all the notoriety back in those days. And when the college coaches came in, they would see me on film. And then, so he actually was very critical in me getting the position to be barely to be recruited by colleges. And uh, Coach Osborne you know, I watched him since I was young, but I was just 17 years old my senior year in high school. Hmm. But I got to watch him, in my opinion, when I go back and look at life from from the uh, from the backward perspective. You know, he uh, <clears throat> I was I was really privileged to watch him develop and grow at his stage. And uh, but my first two years, I was too naive and too young to even make those observations until about 30 years later. Coach, so so Larry Young, prior to him, what other schools – so Nebraska kind of put – Larry Young actually put Nebraska on the map for you. 
Would that be true? He put them on the radar for me, exactly, because I had no – the only thing we knew about Nebraska back in those days, my, I was senior in high school. Rich Glover was a senior at Nebraska. Rich Glover. And, and Rich went to Snyder High School, which is our big rival high school in Jersey City. So his senior year at Nebraska was our senior year in high school, and, of course, everybody watched Rich Glover play, game of the century the whole nine. And, of course, Johnny Rogers and that whole crew and the back-to-back championships. So that, that was my experience. So, Coach, let me ask you this. So what are the schools did you consider when you were coming out of high school? Because, like I said, you had uh, Larry Young, obviously. And, and think about this time. I want the listeners to understand this, too. We didn't have DVR, VCR, all these different channels we had. So you basically got Nebraska when they were playing OU on Thanksgiving. What other schools did you consider, and who recruited you? Well, Monty Kiffin was the, was, was the coach that recruited New Jersey back in then. And obviously, he did a great job. Jersey's been good to Nebraska for a lot of years, yes. you know, as far as football's concerned. Monty Kiffin, you know, our defensive coordinator out of Lexington, Nebraska, was the guy that recruited us in Jersey City. And uh, – I think you were also asking who else recruited me. Right. I, well, once once um, people were able to see the film, which was very late in the process, back in those days, as you sort of you know you alluded to, I mean it it be in the middle of the season of our senior year to the end before all the college coaches started coming in because they had to come pick up film. There was no. VCR or no huddle or no XOs or none of those type of things that afforded you the ability to just pick up film as a coach and watch film from your from your phone. And wow. so a lot of times the coaches would come into the high school and watch film there. They already knew about Larry, and then they watched the film, and then of course they had a chance to meet me and all that. So what schools did you consider besides Nebraska? I took three official visits at um, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Northwestern. Mm. What made Nebraska, though? Because you had Ohio, you said Ohio State, Nebraska, Northwestern. Because obviously, Coach, you were smart then and are smart. Well, I was okay. <laughs> I, I, I agree. <laughs> the man that never ages, man. I'm telling you. Coach, even when we were at Capital Cigar, big shout-out to Capital Cigar and Tony Goins and Austin Hills, those guys were there. We were there about a month and a half ago when I seen you, and we connected for the first time in years. Coach, I looked at you. I was like – Almost decades. Decades, Coach. I was like, Coach Samuel has not aged a bit at all. Not at all. So what made Nebraska that deciding factor? Because you had Ohio State – you had all those other schools. What made you decide? What was the, I would say, the um, the nail in the coffin for Nebraska? What made that decision for you? And, uh, well, you know, everything develops in a, in, a, in a sort of a chain of events. We felt, Larry and I felt really comfortable around Coach Kiffin. I don't know how much time you got to spend with him because he was gone by the time you Yeah. He's just, he knows how to make a guy feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then – Coach Osborne came in, and Coach Osborne was still Coach Osborne, even back then. You know, you can see that he had interest in you. 
He was always low key. He looked at you when he spoke to you. He made you feel like, you know, you can trust this guy. Hmm. And then we came to Lincoln. And of course, with Rich being there already and he just came on back to back national championships, uh, it all just seemed to fit for me. And Larry and I both decided we're, uh, late on in the recruiting process that we were going to go to the same school because obviously he took more trips than I did. I took those and I was done. That was plenty for me. Mm-hmm. He went on there. He, I, I remember, I want to say North Carolina and Maryland and. You know, he took more visits. We were the last class that had unlimited, if you can imagine, unlimited official visits. Mm. Mm. And three was enough for me. It was it was getting very confusing to me at that point. <laughs> yeah. So you make you make your way up to Lincoln. Then uh, was there like any like introductory? Oh, practices or a play or something like that that took place that kind of introduced you to college football or was there any certain player that was like, all right, we're playing Division One college football now? Well, you know, I, I've told this story many times. I remember, you know, uh, the people that know would remember Stella Quadrangle and that's where on campus and back in those days, that's where the, the official training table was, where the student athletes ate. And the real official introduction for me as a true freshman coming into Nebraska was showing up to sell a quadrangle when football camp started in 19, the fall of 1973 and seeing a guy by the name of Bob Lingenfelter, the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And he was was the offensive tackle out of playing field. Out of Plainfield, Nebraska, big Bob Lingenfelder. He was a, I want to say a two or three year starter at offensive tackle. He was older than us, and so all the varsity guys were so much bigger and more developed. And and you know, us young guys, we were. I was 17, and you know, we had the young guys. We we weren't nowhere near developed like these guys were, mm-hmm. and that that was my welcoming. Coach, let me ask you, so 73 was your first year here, right? 1973, yeah. 1973. Coach, let me ask you this. You you, you look at the, the climate that we're in right now as a country, you know, socially, um, economically, et cetera. But you look at, you're coming from the East Coast, a place where you see folks that look like you, okay? Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. the culture shock effect when you came to Nebraska in 1973? How did you adapt? Well, you know, it was actually my second uh, opportunity of dealing with culture shock. Remember, I came from Trinidad, Chicago. West Indies, on the western coast of the Gulf of, uh, in, right from the ocean and very small community and, and, uh, moved to the concrete jungle as New York and mm-hmm. all that is called or nicknamed. So that was my first culture shock. And so in my mind, I was prepared for anything because that was such a drastic culture shock at 10 years old that this one, once I was able to get used to and accustomed to living in New Jersey and its cultures and it's all, all the different little 
quirks that they have to move to Nebraska. Uh, one, the people were friendly. Uh, yes, it was very, uh, it was not necessarily intimidating, but it was very different seeing just two races mm-hmm. and may, and and a lot not too many people that look like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know when when you when you made that move, you know I think about Coach Sam when my parents moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to Nebraska mm-hmm. in 1963, mm-hmm. and my dad, um, God rest his soul, just mentioning the culture shock that he was under when he came to Nebraska in 63. But the the thing that he always said, though, he was goes, the people, though, he goes, it's like no place other. It's it's like no place other. You know, the people are genuine for the most part. Would you, when you came here, you figure it's you, you have all those guys that are here. You figure you just uh, basically, you know, nine years, 10 years away from a national championship, did you feel any pressure as a defensive end coming here and playing Nebraska during that time on the high times? It's Coach Osborne's first year, okay? So he's yeah. he's cutting his teeth, too, at the same time. He's cutting his teeth. Yeah. What, what yeah. type of pressure did you feel or not feel when you came in here? I didn't. I was too young to have pressure. I was just young trying to figure out I am in a whole different part of the world. It's a whole different culture shock. Uh you know, they really didn't use a whole lot of spices in their food, which was just confusing. It was all good after me. And, uh, you know, and I'm a freshman in college, and they drink an awful lot of beer in Nebraska. A lot of beer. And that, and that was not some New Jersey, for us, two cans of beer was a lot of beer. And, you know, and, and the whole college scene, everything was so brand spanking new to me. But my saving grace was going over to the football office and going over to the stadium and being around and watching the Coach Osborne and the Monty Kiffins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, George Donton was the freshman coach. And, and uh, Jim Ross, uh, no, George Donton was my position coach. Jim Ross was the freshman coach. Mm-hmm. And I tell people to this day, the introduction to football back in those days where we had our own freshman team and we had older guys that had just finished up for the most smart coaching us and their responsibility was to teach us on and off the field how to be. Mm-hmm. And that that procedure in itself was so critical to my, my ability to be successful there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that at the end of the day, that led me to wanting to, to coach in the first place hmm. Hmm. because I saw the value of of what a good coach would do, would do. So before we get to your coaching career, I got to ask you, what is your favorite game that you played in at Nebraska? That I played in? Yep, that you played in. Oh, my. <laughs> well, in 1976, I want to say that was one of my favorites because um, that was the year we, oh no, was that 76 or 77? The year we, no, the year we beat Alabama in Lincoln. I want to say that would be 77. That was a, that was a fun, fun game. 
Did you drink any beer after that game? No, by then that was I was a junior. Coach Sim, I'm gonna ask you this, man. So you mentioned those that big game. You, you beat Alabama. Okay, you beat them. Yeah. When did you feel that you have the coaching bug? Because obviously, coach, you you've been extremely successful. You know, Western Michigan, D line coach, eighty two, eighty three, uh, Stanford, eighty four, eighty five, Nebraska, of course, eighty six to ninety six, New Mexico State, mm-hmm. ninety seven, two thousand four, Purdue, two thousand five, and then Southeast Missouri State. When did you catch? Before I even go there, how we, how we do it on time? I want to make sure. Make sure. Yeah, about like four minutes. Yeah. Coach, when did you get – so you played 73 through 77, okay? Yep. When did you catch the coaching bug? It was it, – it's a strange thing because I never knew I was going to be a coach, never thought I was going to be a coach. It was probably – near the end of my junior year and definitely through spring ball my senior year throughout my senior year. Uh, I was somehow, I'd somehow somewhere along the line become the interpreter for the younger defensive end when you come out of meetings. As you know, you played receiver and, you know, when you first go in that room, there's so many different things going yes. on as a, at the college level. You, you really need a, an older player to interpret some of that and mm-hmm. explain it back to you. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that, and the rest is history. So would you say that once you got that bug, that itch, because you got out of here, 70, what did you do right after you got out of Nebraska? Because after we take our break, we're going to go into the coaching part and the number of guys that you coached throughout that. But once you left Nebraska – as a player, what did you do right after your senior year? Well, right after my senior year, I I was um, I didn't play. I I tried out for the NFL the year after. Right after my senior year, I was not drafted. I was not healthy enough to play. I had some injuries and all that, and I stayed in shape. But I stuck around Nebraska. And I, I, I was working a little part-time job at a beer distributorship, and then I'd still come back over to the office and kind of watch the freshmen and mm-hmm. help out and start watching what the coaches were doing and what it was like. And the following year, I had a tryout with the New Orleans Saints, and I went down there and was released the final cut. And then I came back to Nebraska and started coaching on the freshman team. That would be 1979. Wow. Was was coach was Mike Foltz down with New Orleans at that time? At that same time? Oh yeah, Mikey and I were down together. So Mike and I were freshmen together. Oh wow. Both Lincoln High grads. His Lincoln High was in Lincoln. My Lincoln High was in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. So and, Mikey was he always that quiet coach? Oh, yeah, except on the field. <laughs> see, see, I lined up in, in our front back in those days. Mike was with you in, in this today's jargon in the, the eagle defense. He would be a three technique, and he was a five technique. So we lined up next to each other an awful lot. And I enjoyed playing with Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He He was a completely different animal on game day. Trust me when I tell you. 
Folks, we're with Coach Tony Samuel, former defensive ends coach for Nebraska, one of the greatest to ever coach the position. When we come back from paying some bills, we're going to talk about the players he coached, the culture, and how he created the All-Americans he did. This is Riffin with Raffin AD. We'll be right back with Coach Tony Samuel in a few minutes. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. 